What's up, failures, and welcome to the Chicken Hut, a CNC fan cast. I am your host, Noah, joined by my ass host, <laughs> Molly. Um, we are also joined today, and this is a surprise even for my lovely wife and, and co-host, Molly. We are joined uh, today by a very, very special guest, uh, guest sh- host of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, author of Critical Failures, Robert Bevan. Welcome to the show. What? Hi. How's it going, Robert? Do you go by Robert? Uh, I go by Bob. Bob? That's yeah, that's, that's so fucking gangster. Wee Bob. I yeah. never even knew that. So many Everyone in the page tells me Bob. to always to call you Bevan. Um, yeah, well, we used to have another uh another Robert on the uh Authors and Dragons podcast. So oh, maybe so that's like why he, you're Bob and he's Robert? No, I I just became Bevan and he was Rob. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You want to know something really funny? I mean, I guess you'll yes. be the judge of whether or not it's funny, but uh, and I, I swear to you, I'm not making this up. My name legally is also Robert. He changed it right after we started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that part's not true. Yeah, I wouldn't have but my so. name That's legally is Robert. Noah's a my hell of a lot name. of effort to go to for. A... I know. Yeah. No. No, my I was legally born Robert. Noah's my middle name. I've just always gone by my middle name. Um, I guess you'd have to ask my parents why, but so there's just like Roberts <laughs> all over the place in this in this show. Yeah, there are. It's a dull name. It, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Roberts. So you're Bob. So welcome to the show, Bob. Thanks. I mean, Noah. hey, I'm I'm really excited. I mean, you're the reason for the season. I mean, like this show exists because of you. Yes. So we're really, really glad to have you here. Thanks for I'm coming like, on the show. I'm like Jesus that way. <laughs> well, well, you know, but you exist though. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of where the similarities end, right? Yeah. We and you know we it never really materialized. But if you remember, like a a week or two ago, you and I were talking after I did some of those like atheist rant videos that I did. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, about, you know, like having some kind of just like jam sesh, um, you know, talking about talking about atheism and stuff. We'll still have to do that someday. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, drink some whiskey and just talk about how dumb religion is. Oh, man, I'm like, speaking of which, I'm stone cold sober right now. I'm drinking tea. Oh, I don't, it's, it's election weird. day. <laughs> it's election day, man. You got to you got to get some alcohol in you. I know, but uh, I uh, I wasn't expecting to be doing a podcast this early in the day. That's that's very fair, and that's I don't usually record like without a couple drinks in me. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, shit, man. So, yeah, Go grab I, something right at, now. Get get some I'm tequila. Robert levels of excitement. Then <laughs> that's why. That's very fair. So, I mean, hey, did you want to talk about anything in particular? This is usually the portion of the show, as you're very well aware, um, Senior Bevan, where we just, you know, shoot the shit and talk about whatever. But I, I feel like you being here is kind of a special occasion. Well, no, so I, I mean, this is the Caverns and Creatures Chicken Hut podcast. So I'd really like to get straight into uh, a haunting of Hill House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? What more appropriate thing to have you on finally to talk about and not even like the season finale or like it's it's just like a <laughs> random <three>. mid season. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems so apropos because Molly and I, we oh, recorded an episode yeah. earlier today already, um, episode two, which we'll I'll edit and post that later on tonight, I'm sure. So you haven't even heard that. Um, no. But, you know, I messaged you earlier to see if you wanted to get on that hot, hot, sweet action. Well, and sorry, were... I was fucking voting. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, but you messaged me back. We're like, hey, what's going on? I was like, you know, we're recording a show, but we're going to do another one if you want to get on this hot, hot, sweet action. And here you are. We're having a three-way live Did on you... the air. Wow. <laughs> you, you know and, what? And last week, Molly, I wasn't even on her list. Oh, oh man. You need like, to listen to the... Like... To the new Every episode. celebrity. Oh, all right, go ahead. She added you. Oh, I, will. I oh, added you. Thoughtful. I made a point of of explaining that on episode two. Oh, uh, you see here, kids. This is this is what begging gets you. <laughs> I, you know, not only did Molly add me to her list, but Noah. Yeah. Did you talk to anyone last night? Uh. You're gonna have to be a little more specific than that. Um, the the Joey guy making my uh, making the Caverns and Creatures video game or the oh yeah 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 that he was kind of like my guinea pig because I I had 
I'd been doing some research on the different softwares you can use to like do remote, you know, podcast guests and blah, blah, blah. And I finally decided, I was like, you know what, fuck that. You can do it for free. Like you can just use Google Hangouts. And as long as everyone is recording their audio independently, they can just all email it to me after the fact and I can, you know, Frankenstein it together. So I asked on the page if anyone was free and Joey was the first one, which was actually really good because Joey's someone that I really had things to talk with about anyway. Right, um, well, I I talked to him last night and uh, mm-hmm. he he had mentioned that um, you'd asked him to be on an episode of, of the podcast and I said, why? Well, you know, that's funny because I haven't even been on an episode <laughs> yet. And then next thing I know, you're messaging me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Joey was like passive aggressive, like hinting (laughs) has gotten both you and Molly. Yeah. To bend to my will. (laughs) It's it's happened. I mean, this is all, you know, this has all been leading up to this. What can I say? Um, I wanted to get Joey in here or some, you know, unsuspecting person to just be like, look, if this goes really, really terrible, I want it to go really terrible with you because I want my first time with Bob Bevan to be special. (laughs) So I got it out of the way. He was like my warm-up lay. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm just now checking the um, the the podcast email, chickenhutpodcast at gmail.com. That's chickenhutpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, I haven't plugged so the email pics. in a while. It's because Nick's not here to do it. It's true. Um, but Joey Thompson writes in, Noah, I had a long talk with Robert about the game yesterday and made a lot of progress nailing down the scope of the game and some other details. Um, I mentioned to him that we did our little test run this weekend and we should be doing an episode soon, but he was disappointed he didn't get an invite <laughs> to be on the show too. So yeah, definitely. I'm getting it from all angles, but now you're on Molly's celebrity crush list. Mm-hmm. Yay. You're on the chicken hut. And I will point out for the record, Joey has not officially been on the chicken hut. That was a, that was like a, you know, um, off oh, the record, I understand. off the record. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have mentioned it. Then. He's your side guy. <laughs> yeah, he's my side piece. <laughs> so let's see. Just an FYI and reminder to let me know when you want to do the show. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so he's yeah he's totally game to come back on the show. And I'm going to have Joey back on, especially assuming this goes well. Um, I have this terrible, terrible fear that like we'll do this whole thing. And then, like, something will go wrong and, like, you know, your your audio won't have recorded or, or mine won't have recorded Oh, or we still publish this shit. Yeah, we should just publish Stands it without Robert's audio. Robert Bevan. We'll just be like, yeah, we just made it all up. We pretended like he was here. Just had this whole one-sided conversation. <laughs> I'll just, I'll, Robert, I'll just, I'll dub it in after the fact. <laughs> Hi, it's the, me. The I'm a Fozzie Bear, right? Yeah. No? So let me let me ask you a couple of questions, uh, Bob. Can I can I call you Bob? Um, yeah, it sounds a little weird. <laughs> the, the, the you had a kind weird. of a, a strange inflection there. Well, I, but, uh, I yeah, I know it. That's just let me. Let me ask you a question, Bob. Let me... <laughs> <laughs> Where were you last night at six p.m.? <laughs> Who were you with? Well, I feel like I mean, you know, the last couple of shows we've been focusing on Haunting of Hill House, and we'll get to that. Um, but I can't have you here and not ask some CNC questions. I mean, the you know, inquiring minds want to know. Um, you've made references about you know the progress on on Critical Failure Seven. Where do things stand? How are? Give me just your general impressions on on how the the new book is coming along. Well, I'm actually halfway through my daily word count when uh, you interrupted me with a podcast request. <laughs> I'd apologize, but I'm not fucking sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get it done. Right on. Um, it's going along. I, I I feel like I'm getting. I've got a lot a lot of threads going. And um, mm-hmm. do you work simultaneously drawing... on other, on like several works at once? No. 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 This is well, not not really. I mean, occasionally I'll take a break to um, you know if if we need a shingles book or something and nobody's lined up right. to do one, then uh, I'll take a break and and write a shingles story real quick. But uh, sure. Sure. I think I think I, I've interrupted this story twice. I, you know what? I'm telling big fat lies because through the entire writing of this book, I started writing CF7 almost immediately after I finished CF6, and then I took breaks to write the six, uh, the next six short stories. Right. And then I'd write a little bit more CF7. I, I, my my thoughts were, you know, if I keep going like this. 
you know, by the time the last short's finished and I put out um, 6D6, then I'll be almost ready to release 7. And it didn't pan out exactly that way. <laughs> right. I'm at, I will hit 130,000 words today. Wow. And, now, just yeah. for reference, how many words are in CF6? Just so we can give some scale to those who might not understand exactly what that means. I actually wondered the same thing myself. I said, man, I got to be getting close to that. Because uh, I used to, you know, my, my aim has always been 100,000. And I don't, I don't always hit it. I think sure. I have since CF4. But, just uh, a nice round so number. I, yeah. So I looked sure. at, see, I opened up the file for CF6 and it was 168,000 words. Like, wow. Shit, wow. Yeah. And, and where are you at on seven? Uh, I will, I will get to 130 by the end of today. And is, and you said you're only halfway done or? Halfway done with today's 1100 uh, words. Oh, okay. That I hold okay, myself okay. To. So do you, do you feel like the, that seven is going to be about the same size in the end as six? At least. That's awesome. Um, and then there's a lot of, yeah, there, there might be some boring parts that need to be cut, but I, th- sure. I think the end product will be about as long. No, that's what she said. Um, now, <laughs> now, now, let me ask you, because you basically are, I mean, you're master of your own domain, right? Like you, you truly are self-published, or do you have, you know, people who, who are able to tell you like, well, you know, this needs to be a little shorter, or we, we'd like you to change this, or, or are you pretty much like completely... Um, self you know autonomous when it comes to writing these stories and what makes it to the final publication well i have an editor she joan uh, reginaldo she advises me and uh sure says you know this is you really don't need this um and you should add more description here and blah 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 but no nobody's holding me to word counts or anything in fact uh it was way back in Critical Failures 3, there were two things. It's like two of my favorite lines in the book. She told me both to cut them both. And, uh, what? I, well, I ignored those. Well, no, I mean, she got her opinions. <laughs> sure, and, sure. Uh, and, Did she and, know, you know that they were your favorite lines in the book when she told you well, that you no, should cut them? I, no, it wasn't like a big fuck you thing. <laughs> she said, yeah, this isn't really necessary. And I said, Oh man, that's one of my favorite things, and uh, so I kept them. But no, ninety-nine percent <laughs> of the time, I agree with everything she says. Sure, that's great. That's great that you guys have that kind of working relationship. You know, where she can give you good advice, and you know, you'll certainly listen to it, if if not always necessarily implement it. But that's got to be really, um, that's got to be a really great feeling, though, as an author, that you, you know, you, that the the ultimate decision-making authority rests with you, the the author himself. Does it? Does it not? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I tell myself that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, if alternatively, if, you know, somebody was offering me, you know, high six figure uh, advances and sure. said, sure. all right, well, uh, one of these guys needs to be black and, or whatever, then, um, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got a price, right? I quote Ted DiBiase <laughs> for anyone out there who's a pro wrestling fan from the eighties and nineties. Um, yeah, and if you remember, um, Bob, I can't say that not aggressively. Yeah, you need to, do you you remember, need to tone it down. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> it's my show. I'll do what I want. This is where I, I have final authority on this show. Um, do you remember when Nick and I were talking about a book called The Historian, and we kind of no. joked about the advance that um, the author <clears throat> of that book must have gotten, just because it was like it was a really hot title and I mean, obviously, I'm not a writer. Like, I have no idea how the how the ins and outs of the literary world works. But I know that you're an independent author, which I'm super impressed by. You've you've kind of created this whole. I, I don't know if empire is the right word, but you certainly have a, a huge following. You know, as as independent a authors go. But yeah, yeah, just like a little a little fiefdom. A Hamlet. Yeah, just a quaint little burg. I mean, like, how did, uh, how did this question? all really come okay. about? Like, how, like, at what point did you know, like, all right, I'm a successful author now? Like, because this is all you do now, right? This is your full-time profession. Yes. But that wasn't always the case, correct? No, no, not at all. I was teaching English in Korea. Right. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and I've been doing it for, I guess, probably eight years when I, I put out, uh, seven or eight or nine years when I, when I put out Critical Failures. Mm-hmm. And, you know... As, as most self-publishing stories go, I was 
getting a, a trickle of sales, like, you know, maybe one every other day. And then it picked up a bit and I, you know, got my feet wet trying to like market and spam my ads on Twitter and shit. Sure. And then, uh, and things got rolling a bit and I'd get like two or three a day. And then it's like, yeah, I'd be like, woohoo, five today. And, <laughs> I need and, uh, all my yeah, fingers yeah. on one of my hands to count that many's. <laughs> So was it before was, was it before you moved on to Critical Failures Two that you knew that you had something oh, there? Oh God, no, no, no. Um, well, I mean, I had something. Sure. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, five sales a day that, that adds <laughs> up to uh, you know, right. a couple dinners or something. But but no, I'll, I'll tell you when. Um, oh man, when I when I actually started making real money, it's, I I ignored audio for so long. Right. Because yeah, who wants to deal with all that mess? Nobody listens to that. <laughs> yeah, uh, wrong. Right. Wrong. Fucking yeah. everybody does. So, my friend Vicky from high school, she sends me an email or Facebook message or whatever out of the blue, and she says my boyfriend and his friend are interested in producing your audiobooks. And so I thought, okay, fine. Uh, as long as <laughs> they're doing all the work, I'll go to the bother to set up an account. Right. And so I did, and they produced it, and that's been the biggest game changer by far. Yeah, that's certainly how I stumbled across them. And mm. you know from listening to the show that I, I almost exclusively listen on Audible um, to everything that I read, um, much less <clears throat> your works. And but and Jonathan Sleep. So was Jonathan one of these people that your, your yeah, high school friend knew? Was, yeah, that was her, her, her boyfriend, her husband at the time, uh, husband now. Sure. His friend. Wow. So you guys, yeah, and, it, yeah. and this was his first time narrating, right? If I'm not yes. mistaken. So you guys kind of all really dove off this cliff together. Man. Yeah. Man, that's so awesome. Yeah. Big score. So do yeah. you, like, do you know Jonathan well? Like, do you guys interact a lot because of, you know, obviously he's, he, he's very intimately involved with your works in a lot of respects now. Like, do you guys have a lot of conversations? Does he ask for advice on like, you know, how do, how do you see this character or um, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, I mean, at first I just kind of let him do his thing, and the only real major piece of advice I, I gave him was, uh, you know, when he, his his first Cooper voice was really, really like gruff, and I could tell it was like really heavy on the throat. And I said, "Man, this is a major character. You're gonna have to do that voice quite a lot." All right, so, you know, dial it back a little, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> for your own, for your health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think we, Nick and I kind of talked, and Nick never listens, but I, I know I've referenced to him in the beginning that, like, you can definitely tell in CF1 that, you know, that some of the characterizations are still a little rough around the edges. Mm. Um, and that's that way a lot of times, like, in cartoons. You know, like, when you, if you yeah. go back and watch season one of, like, The Simpsons, you, the, you know, they're, yeah. they're barely recognizable in some respects. The one, the one I noticed it most with was, uh, did you ever watch Phineas and Ferb? Yeah. <laughs> that, uh... Season one of that, not just their voices, I mean, their voices might not be too different, but just their personalities, like, you know. Right, in, right. In, in the later, and I, I think better episodes, if Phineas is, you know, just kind of, like, charmingly aloof of uh, his sister's, like, vendetta against him, but right. in the er earlier seasons, he was just, like, kind of a dick to her like, you know, intentionally <laughs> yeah. egging her on well and like um stewie you know from family guys another perfect example i don't know how i don't know how closely you follow family guy i don't really watch it as much not, these days yeah not as much anymore but, but like uh, the first yeah, season or two like Steve, stewie is like this evil you know right, like bent right. on world dominant and like you know now he's just like this totally affable like goofy yeah you <laughs> yeah. know totally effeminate i i told i i actually watched uh i had a dvd set and i watched it with commentary and yeah they even the creators <laughs> he just you know he went from that to just uh kind of gay yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much and like i like the new stewie better he's, i do too he's, 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 he's fabulous <laughs> so yeah so jonathan obviously you know in the beginning you can tell that it's still some something of a work in progress but i mean we're what we're he's in the middle of a of cf6 right now right they're still in production on that and not in the middle, getting close to the end. Ooh. We're uh, hoping, nice. hoping for a December release. 
Nice. Well, you heard it here. I don't know about first, but you heard it here. <laughs> They're aiming for a December release. I, I'm, I know I'm really, really excited because I, I read Critical Failure Six with my eyeballs, and it fucking sucked. And uh, but I, you know, I was really anxious. Not the book. No, the no, book. no, the book didn't suck. But the act of reading. Yes. Um, for all you kids out there, <laughs> like reading sucks. <laughs> you heard it on the Chicken Hut podcast. Um, but obviously, I intend to read it again once it's out on, on Audible so that Nick can read it and we can start covering it on the show. But I cannot wait to hear uh, some of Sleep's interpretations and some of the... And Molly hasn't read Six, just FYI. That is true. So, I don't, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. I haven't read it. Yeah. Okay. There's some good shit in CF6. I got too much shit to do to sit and read with my eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Audible's a game changer. Kind of it really peasant. is. I painted our shed. While I listened to oh, book three. Oh, go. Yep. Happened. Getting shit done. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Well, hey, anything else you want to talk about uh, CNC-wise? Are there any other developments you want to you wanna plug or let the let the fans know about? And then we'll jump oh, into Hill House. I guess we kind of offhand mentioned uh, Joey in the, in the video game. Right. That's a, a thing that's happening. And that guy, man, that, he's a go-getter. Yeah. You know, not... Yeah. Yeah, we've we've been trying to produce this uh, TV show. Uh, the guy Gabriel, oh, he so awesome. op- uh, optioned the the rights like two years ago. And uh, is that the thing from your blog that I kind of remember that you wrote like a blog post about one time that somebody had had um, optioned the rights for like a movie or TV show? Is this the same person? Oh yeah, he's been with me. I mean, he's optioned and then re-optioned because we wow. we went through we started a uh what a crowdfunding thing to get uh funds to make a, a trailer to sure. pitch to studios sure. and stuff and that didn't raise as much money as we'd hoped and then we had tried it again and it still didn't raise much money and then but um uh, you know not saying anything about gabe is a different beast but uh he is he's been doing well too he that when we didn't get all the money we needed he went and taught himself how to animate and uh, he made his own trailer and uh but wow. that's like getting a a tv show made however you do it you know live action or animated it, that's and uh that's a lot of work that you you can't yeah. really do by yourself sure so do you, and do you i mean i i guess if i was just giving my opinion which is totally unsolicited in this case it seems like this is the kind of story that would lend itself well to being an animated series do you, do you agree or disagree with that Oh, that uh, I, I thought so. He was actually wanted to do it live action first, and I, wow. I kind of talked him out of it. I uh, so there's so much crap that happens in there. I think, especially with like uh, characters. I mean, they completely change appearances. Right. Right. You know, and that's kind of that's like kind of I guess what I was thinking is just with animation, you're just so less restricted when it comes to mm-hmm. you know what you can. I mean, you can draw anything you want, but when you have to film something that's actually in front of the camera, you can budget. I'm sure would be a lot more of an issue and and things like that. I guess I'm I'm not going to pretend to know much about this. <laughs> I I mean I really don't either in any kind of like informed professional way. It just seems like. When you when you talk about a show like you know Game of Thrones or like any kind of shows where there's a lot of fantasy elements, you know, like your effects really need to be on point or GTFO, you know, and right. But when you're talking about animation, kind of the the sky's the limit because yeah, you know. Well, I don't know if I'd agree with that because um, yeah, this is not Game of Thrones. This you could get well, by that's true. with some uh, yeah, if you just focus more on the comedy, you can get by with some crappy effects and and have something effective. I think. Sure, and just kind of embrace the, the campier nature of it. Right. Sure. I'm thinking of things like the Pillsburg Doe Child. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like the, the Phantom Pinnace and, and things like that. Mm. Right. I'm going to have to, uh, you know, if it, if it comes to that, I'm going to have to see uh, what the legalities are <laughs> yeah, yeah. with the Pillsburg Doe Child as cleverly as I discussed it already. <laughs> yeah, that was good stuff. Well, that's awesome. I hope I hope that those things continue to move forward. I mean, you've definitely got a very rabid and very loyal fan base, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm certainly right there in the thick of that group, rooting all these things on. Um, so yeah, definitely keep us up to date, and hopefully that all comes to fruition. I tell you what, man, if there was a TV show, holy shit, that I, I'd lose my mind. I'd be so excited. Yeah, me too. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, you've been watching Haunting of Hill House, right? 
Well, I, I kind of binged it in like, well, I guess if it was only, what, 10 episodes? Right. It's not really binging if, if it takes you three days, but... Right. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. But, we actually, we were, we were recording the second episode earlier today, and we kind of talked about that. You know, like with your books, obviously books, reading is a much slower process comparatively to watching a TV show. So Nick and I kind of felt a little more able to get away with doing an episode per week, especially since you know, six of the books were already in existence when we started the show. So like, what's the rush mm-hmm. at this point? Right. Um, but we kind of feel like Molly and I with doing Haunting of Hill House, like it's, it's very currently relevant. It's very recent and kind of, you know, present. Yeah. So we're trying to like really hustle and get all these episodes out while people are still discovering the show for its first run. Um, so we're, we're glad to get two episodes done in one day. We're really glad to have you here to talk about episode three. Do you have any particular recollections of episode three? It's the Theo, no, I, the Theo in fact, episode. I, when, you, when you told me about this, I, I said, I'm going to go read a quick recap. Right. And I ate, I ate a donut instead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we can all agree you made the right decision there, Bob. Um, I've got notes. Uh, Molly and I literally just finished the episode about... 20 seconds before we came in here to sit yep. down. So like, it's all very fresh in our mind. I'm sure things will come back to you as we discuss it. And definitely just feel free to interject anytime you have thoughts. Um, so yeah, the third episode is the Theo episode. Um, and Theo's great, man. I know, Which, I know uh, Molly's a little smitten with Theo. All right. Mm. Which one's Theo? Theo the is the hot a, one. What's yeah. wrong with you? The hot one, the one with the gloves. All right, all right, all right. I was thinking, all right, yeah, girl. Yeah, okay. yeah. So Shirley is the oldest daughter. Um, she's the one who runs the funeral home. And then Theo is the, the middle daughter who lives in the guest house. Yeah, oh, man. First, okay, I, I, I remember this episode because... All right, first impressions. First Robert impressions. Bevan, go. My, these people all look too similar. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're supposed to be siblings. I know, but when my wife and I both, you know, when... when what's her name, uh oldest daughter Shirley Shirley when Shirley came out of the house and you know Theo was there at the guest house on the porch we were like whoa is this like a a fight club thing or the same person or (laughs) Tyler Durden because we couldn't there's too many people too many siblings that we couldn't keep track of it wasn't until like halfway through the series like we started to figure out oh these are different people and yeah and we got to know them Right, which I guess is good that they did it this way, you know, with the first five episodes, like really letting you get like a very intimate portrait of each sibling as an individual, you know, but also kind of showing you how they fit into the larger dynamic of the family as a whole. Um, Yeah. But I get what you're saying. And and I think it's kind of ironic that like the twins are like literally the two that look the least alike, (laughs) you know, like they're the easiest to tell apart. You're right. I know. (laughs) That's some deep shit there. I know. It's a hot take. You heard it here. I mean, Luke and Nell, they don't look like anything alike. I mean, I guess they shouldn't because they're fraternal twins and they're not the same gender, but it's right. still kind of weird that they're twins. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's good casting, you know, because both the actresses, uh, all three, Nell and Shirley and Theo, they're all wonderful and they all look very believable as sisters. Yeah. <laughs> That was that was that was some great. That's, I'm glad you agree. So all right. So we, no, um, I'm just saying. Yeah, they sure do. Yeah, In fact, sh- maybe they could have found some a little bit more different looking people. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like giving one of them an eye patch or something. <laughs> yeah, that would have been perfect. The gloves should have been enough. The gloves do help. The gloves do help. And obviously, Molly hasn't. She's only actually seen through the episodes that we're talking about today. So like, she hasn't seen the Nell episode. Um, and the Nell, I'll just mild, mild, mild spoiler. Oh, the, the one, Don't the one spoil. where she dies, yeah. and, oh, and you, you said, "Oh man, I can't believe Noah spoiled this for me." Shit. That that she dies. That's why I'm being. Oh, extra did I terrible. mention she dies? <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't just say, "Hey, Molly, guess yeah, what? No, she dies." But I'm, I'm picking on Molly here. Oh, I get it. All right, well, Molly was complaining about the spoiler, and then she kept repeating it over and over again. Yeah, yeah, Mister Bevan. It's a uh, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't call you that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just Bob, I didn't yes. spoil it for anyone. They knew what they were getting into when they listened to this podcast. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm not taking sides. It, it, just, just get, it just struck me as funny. I can't believe you spoiled it. She died. Yeah. She, I mean, we, we said, I thought at the beginning that we were going to talk about episode one and, you know, yeah. like it's, 
it's a part of episode one that she's dead. I mean, they, you know, it is part of that episode. And you know what? Fuck. If somebody's going to spoil it for me, I'm going to ruin the rest of you too. You, you spiteful, spiteful <laughs> succubus. <laughs> yeah, see, that, I, I, that still would have been a spoiler for me because at the end of episode one, it was like, shit, there's a freaky ass ghost in his apartment. And, and oh. It, it, I guess it didn't really occur to me later. But see, I don't. So you just didn't realize I don't that was now? I'm as smart as most watchers right i don't i probably didn't even realize nell was a character at that point <laughs> she was like it's just another of that same person that we keep seeing yeah <laughs> yeah just like some creepy ass random ghost yeah i mean there are in fairness in defense of all of us there are just a lot of random creepy ass ghosts and i'm sure after the first episode especially when there's five siblings i mean that's a lot that's a lot of like primary characters to have to you know, be acclimated with in yeah. the first 60 minutes of a show. And there's a whole episode on each one of them. Right. But you don't know that at the time that you're watching the well, first it's one. True, yeah. yeah. You know, you did because I told you, like, you know, this is what's going to happen in the future. Oh, you're in the spoilers. Yeah, I know. I'm such a, I'm such a dick. But, um, yeah, so episode three is Theo's Time to Shine. And uh, I feel like each progressive episode that we get to a sibling, we already have more of a background going into their episode because obviously this is Theo's episode but we also learn plenty about Theo in episode 1 we see you know we see Theo in episode 2 so it kind of is progressive um by the time episode 3 starts we already have a pretty good idea of who she is from like a personality standpoint you know that she's kind of the the hard ass um yeah. but also not cuz clearly she's the most quote sensitive right that we've seen so far right, right? I'm trying to think of a good analogy because she's like she's like rock hard on the outside, but like just like molten chocolate lava on the inside, you know. Because you do get uh, uh, to see these vulnerable moments. God damn it, Noah! A tootsie roll pop. A tootsie roll pop. Sure. Let's go with that. Now I'm hungry. Oh, uh, you know what? No, you know what? She's a Cadbury cream egg. <laughs> now I'm a rose. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, you guys. I've accomplished my goal in life. I have aroused Robert Kevin <laughs> live on the Chicken Hut podcast. You know what? Someone just kill me right now. I can just, I'll be a ghost. I'll just, I'll stand over in the corner and haunt Molly like Nell. Nah, bro. No? No, okay. thanks. All right. Well, um, Mr. Bevan, if you need to mute your mic to go take care of that little issue you have, <laughs> I don't know if there are any more donuts that your wife could provide you. <laughs> But uh, we'll keep talking about Haunting of Hill House, and you jump in oh anytime you feel inclined. Um, Extra glazed. So, <laughs> yeah. So um, let's see. We I, I've only made really brief notes, because I was admittedly more watching the show this time than I was taking super strict notes. Um, but we find out near the top of the episode um, about Theo's vocation. We didn't really know much about that so far. But Theo is basically like a child therapist. Is that what you're... How, yeah. Yeah? She's yeah. like a therapist. Or maybe perhaps a caseworker. She clearly has... I mean, because it comes out later that she has her PhD, so she must be in some sort of... She must be a doctor of some kind, right. obviously. Right. But I imagine given that she's involved with social services and foster care and all of that. It's some sort of a... Right. Now, see, they tie yeah. this in later, but I kind of get the impression, um, both because of the, the two children that we see her working with, that it seems like she places an emphasis on working with kids who have experienced trauma, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And now you find out later there's the whole dumbwaiter thing. Um, Robert, I'm not sure if you remember. I'm sure you do, but like, there's the whole dumbwaiter thing. No, I do thing. now. Well, I thought that was the twins, though. No? Well, it was Luke, Luke who is yeah. one of the twins. Oh, all right. Um, but it's actually uh, Theo who is kind of responsible okay. for, for making that happen. Um, Luke kind of guilts her into pressing the button, and then he goes down. Right. Um, and I think that that's, that's kind of comparable to how, in episode two, we learn sort of why Shirley became a funeral director because of that experience with the kittens. Um, I think that that moment with Luke in the dumbwaiter is sort of how and why Theo decided, you know what, I want to help traumatize kids because she has this moment as a child. And I'm serious. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It just sounded, because of the delay, it sounded like you said that she wants to help, help traumatize, traumatize kids. She wants to help them. Well, I think she carries that guilt with her, right? That like Because of, <laughs> because of what she did to Luke. Yes. And that that kind of informs her career path that she wants to... Yeah, sure. They're all carrying shit with them. Yeah. From like their childhood, oh, yeah. obviously. Yeah. She's trying to compensate. Yeah. You know? Like to her, all of these kids are Luke, you know? Oh. 
Oh, so sad. Aww. Thoughts? Anyone? Round table? <laughs> no, I, I can agree with all that. It, like, like Molly said, all these kids, they, they grew up pretty fucked up from their experience. And But, uh, I don't... What Did Nell ever have a career? Or was she... The twins were both... They just both ended up as fuck-ups, didn't they? But they kind of did, and it's hard to really get into that too, too much, because they don't really dive into Nell until oh, Nell's yeah. episode, um, which we are totally going to watch today. I just told Molly, like, come hell or high water, um, we're going to watch the rest of the sibling episodes before the sun goes down tonight, because um, the, the Luke and Nell episodes are phenomenal. Um, I think they're probably my favorite two of the five. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't want to spoil too much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so frustrating. So, um, yeah, we have a we have a little bit of a, a fun scene where Mrs. Dudley, um, like, grabs Luke. Like, Luke's playing in the dumbwaiter, and Mrs. Dudley, like, grabs him. And Theo ain't taking no shit from Mrs. Dudley. Um, do you remember that, Molly? Oh, yeah. Where she's like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, hey, she, no, you want to get your like, hands off no, of him? No, she was like... How about you take your hands off him? <laughs> she's oh, she's like 10 years old. And Mrs. Dudley's like a straight up 50-year-old woman. And Theo's like, get your fucking hands off my little brother. <laughs> get off my lawn. I wanted her to say, cash me outside or some shit. <laughs> she may as well have. Theo's a badass, man. She does not care. Oh, I love her. And uh, oh and God. she even says, she's like, well, why are you yelling at him? And, and Mrs. Dudley says something like, well, because the dumb waiter is dangerous and I don't want him to get hurt. And she's like, well, then how about you just say that? <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. just playing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So, like, we're kind of glossing over some stuff here. Like, Bring it on. Theo, we know. All right. So now we know why she wears the gloves. Right. Right. She's a psychic. Yeah. Well, yeah. no. What's it called? When you, like, touch things. Is there a word for You know that? what? And in my notes, yeah, I swear, because I had that same fiction. question while I was taking my notes. I wrote psychic slash clairvoyant slash empath question mark. Because I'm not sure. I think empath is someone who can like psychically sense emotions. But I, I think you're right. I think there's a word for someone who has like a tactile um, clairvoyance. Mr. Bevan? Yeah, you know all the words. Author. Touchy voyant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Touchy voyance. <laughs> that is the name of this episode of the podcast. Touchy voyance. Touchy voyance. That sounds dirty. <laughs> I don't want to know. I, I'm glad we don't have the video feeds going on right now, uh, Mr. Bevan, with your donuts and your arousal and your touchy voyance over Perv there. Perv magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Theo, Luke, oh, dumb waiters. I don't know, maybe Robert Bevan's just got like a weird dumb waiter fetish. This, this has taken a really weird turn. I we love it. I would not have it any other way. All right. I'm going to try and think of dirtier terms. <laughs> than than <laughs> touchy buoyant? Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. All right. So um, we'll feed back into the present here. We have a couple little scenes that show Theo's power, I guess. She's kind of like an X-Man, you know? I mean, like, we see her touching the box, and then she finds the really expensive bottle of wine. Yeah. Um, after the fact, she figures out where the stairs to the basement is. So this is all just kind of, you know, explaining to us, the viewers, exactly what her power is and how it works. Um, we have the conversation with the mom, where the mom kind of figures it out, and she's the one who gives her the, the Jean Grey. Or no, not Jean Grey. Who's the X-Man that wears the gloves? Rogue. Rogue. Yeah. That's right. What's wrong with you? She Get your her... shit together, Noah. I'm sorry. Man, Molly's schooling me on I'm Marvel. So, man. Wow. Hashtag humbled. Well, at least nobody gets to hear our argument over South Park from earlier. <laughs> That's true. We did have a real big argument over a South Park reference. It's not going to make the air, fortunately, um, so that we don't have to carry on with our CNC divorce. <laughs> um, we also get the flashback, and this this becomes important throughout the series. Um, Mr. Bevan will realize this. Molly, not so much, but I will just I will mention that we get our first view of the scene where Stephen offers everyone the money. Right. So Stephen has published the book. Um, you know, it's, it's, we've already, we've already been ex exposed to the other siblings displeasure about the book. And Stephen has this kind of scene where he gathers them all together and he says, look, I, you guys are right. I'm, I'm stealing ownership of this story and this story belongs to all of us. So I realize the only fair thing to do is to cut you all in on the, on the profits. And Sanctimonious Shirley is like, uh, uh, 
We don't want none of that blood money. <laughs> blood money. That's right. But then you can kind of see. Do you remember that hey. scene? Do you remember that scene, Bob? I, yeah, I remember. I think two distinct scenes like that. You know, one, I guess, was later in the series. But yes, I remember. Right. Right. One such scene. And I remember Shirley kind of taking it upon herself to be like, We're, I'm not taking, none of us are taking the money. And there's a couple shots where it seems very clearly foreshadowing that you see a couple of the siblings kind of look at each other like, Shirley. <laughs> I, I'm willing to place a bet that all of them take the money. That's not a terrible bet. I won't confirm or deny. But even within this episode, we get confirmation well, we that, that Theo, Theo took the money. Yeah. Um, and very defensively so. I mean, she uses that money to get her PhD. She uses her education to help traumatized children. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like, that's a pretty solid moral footing to be on for Theo. Yeah. You know, and isn't there that scene, too, where Stephen even says, oh, God, I was so pissed at Stephen and so grossed out because Stephen writes her the check and he gives it to her and he's like, so what are you going to spend the money? What are you going to do? Are you going to buy cars or purses or travel travel and theo in true badass style is like no i'm gonna get my fucking phd i know i love it <laughs> wow she's such a badass now i'm aroused <laughs> <laughs> can confirm <laughs> it was it was kind of dickish of him to ask that i know right like how shitty is that and misogynistic like, to be like what are you gonna do go is... buy some purses yeah Especially, like, you know, since the the money is kind of controversial, you know, here, how are you going to squander this? Right, right. I And I think arguably, and Molly kind of, you know, suggested it, like, we're going to find out later in the episode that Kevin, uh, Shirley's funeral home director husband, also took the money, right? Because... Oh, was that in this episode? Yeah, because yeah. I, think okay. I didn't episode... know that's what it was because he didn't say that. But she I'm... said she found your checkbook, and it's it's made pretty clear though. If you if you go back yeah, and you watch that conversation again, because the checkbook is found, I think, in episode one or two, but we don't know what that means. Right. And then Theo, who we just found out took the money. Theo says, "Oh, by the way, Shirley found your checkbook, and you might want to tell her you have a mistress. You know, something that would piss her off less than the truth." And I, I think that's a pretty clear I can't confirmation. I didn't get it now. Yeah, I didn't either. Thanks for the spoilers. It's Nella. not a spoiler. It's what a dick. I'm telling you literally what they said in the episode. Listen, Bob and I are gonna form a coup, and we're gonna out you from oh your God. own podcast. A a two Bevan. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. So yes, no. Theo took the money. Um, Kevin took the money. So I think we can kind of intimate that you know we're gonna that this is going to be a trend that continues, but right. you know, so yeah, but at least Theo did something good, you know, with this blood money. And... Yeah. I feel like we're heading into, uh, into dangerous territory where you have to address the elephant in the room with the little girl. Yeah. But like, I don't want to talk about it. I mean, Theo basically uses her PhD and her, like, superpowers to fight crime. Yeah. Like, Theo literally, you could argue Theo is basically a superhero. Thoughts? Yeah. Anyone? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to need a, a freshener on the little girl. Who's, who's, what happened there? All right, so we'll set the stage. Basically, at the beginning of the episode, Theo is interviewing this little girl uh, who is describing some trauma that she's clearly endured. And, um, oh, now I remember. Yeah, Mr. We, we, Smiley. Mr. Smiley. And we get this speech from Theo where she's clearly talking about herself just as much as she's talking right. about this little girl, about how she puts up walls and how she they keep her safe and they keep people out. Um, and so we have this kind of mystery um, that lingers throughout the episode about this little girl. And in fact, there's a scene that we see in Shirley's episode where they drop Nell's body off and there's a scene where um, Theo's there, and Theo's like, you know what? I just can't. And Theo just wanders away. Mm -hmm. And that's in Shirley's episode. And we don't know where Theo goes or what she does. But we find out in Theo's episode that she walks away. She literally goes and gets in her car and drives straight over to that little girl's house. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's some cuts to the past that separate the two scenes. But but I'm sure we're meant to believe that that's it. But in real time, that's yes. what happened. Yes, and, and she yeah. uses her superpowers. after we... You know, the big reveal that she, like, has this psychic ability when she touches things and she goes there and goes in their basement and touches around and learns the truth of what happened to this little girl, which is just... Awful. Awful. Just horrifying. More terrifying than the ghosts. Yes. You know? Yes. 
which is because that's just, real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and she yeah. she touches the couch, and man, this actress. I'll have to look up she, what her name yeah. is. Because was, if she's not if she's not an absolute A list like Oscar winning star in five years, then there's something wrong with the acting industry because she is just so fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, where she touches, you know, she touches the couch, and she basically has to act out the feeling of of that know, discovery of yeah. what that girl endured. Oh my god, that's gut wrenching. Yeah. It was that was rough. Yeah. So the yeah. guy goes to jail. They kind of wrap it up. You know, pretty pretty quickly, actually. Right, um, but she's still so like ballsy yeah. to be so like true to what she knows about herself and to follow through on those things. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and she's not afraid of like, this asshole she, at like, all. She, yeah, she clung to his hand. He knew. You know, yeah. you look at them looking each other in the eyes, and she walks out and calls the police. Yeah, and sits right there and waits. Like yeah. she's not. Yeah, she's not intimidated <laughs> at know. all. Man. Not all superheroes wear capes. She should, though. She, she... could pull it off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bob. All right. It got a little intense. <laughs> We're not wearing clothes. No, just, wait. You, you knew that, right? I said, this is the, we are talking about the little girl that got molested. <laughs> No, no, no. Okay, we got to clear this up right here in Meow. We're talking about how amazingly impressive and um, attractive and gorgeous and and insightful um, the the detective, you know. Oh, all right, all right. Never mind. Yeah. Whoa. Theo's Theo's amazing. Oh man. I'm just digging my hole deeper and deeper. Yeah, you are. I'm not the one fucking donuts over there. I made it very clear I ate a donut. You. <laughs> uh, well, that's oh. what you did with the first donut. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about him, Bob. I'm not. Yeah, it's just you're projecting, you know, your own fantasies on uh, my my donut eating. My own my own pastry predilections. <laughs> yeah. I'm like living vicariously through the the tasty treats your white wife bought for you. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be seeing a counselor. I should probably go see Theo. Oh my god! Stop. All right, so let's get this back on track here. <laughs> so yeah, I we've actually covered I think the majority of the plot points here. Um, we see a lot throughout the episode of Theo kind of uh, dealing with her grief, you know, about Nell. Um, I think that's a big reason why she goes over that little girl's house in the first place. Right, and she has that cathartic release from actually following through and taking care of this girl, even though we learn later on that it's it's not, you know, the system is still broken, right. <clears throat> and that girl is not completely taken care of, right? you know, just because it would be better if people just automatically weren't shit people. And, uh, but yeah, so after... She goes and that man is arrested and it's removed. She goes back home and there are some, you know, cutaways in there too, but like... And she calls her girlfriend. She or call, she calls the... No, that's af- after. She, she goes down into the basement and touches Nell. Ooh, that's right. Right? Do you remember that? Right. Bob. No. You say it no. so uh, forcefully. Because <laughs> now I can't say it any other way because I'm so <laughs> self-conscious. So I'm just going to like embrace it. All right, now what happens when she touches Nell? She like completely loses her she shit. Just, she just breaks down and starts sobbing. All right. Molly was freaking out because obviously they're building up to this moment the whole episode, like showing you the experiences she has when she touches people and kind of how she can relive yeah. these traumas. And then the second she gets down the steps, Molly's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. She's going to touch her. Oh shit, she's going to touch her. And she, you know, she's taking off her gloves. And I made a note... Um, that that whole scene, and maybe if you ever go back and watch it, just pay attention to this because there is no soundtrack. At no, all. there's no sound, and it's such slow, deliberate rising action that like I like every muscle was tense while yeah. I was watching this. Yeah, there's not, there's not. It's it, because it's so quiet and tense that you feel like you're down there in that basement with her. You know, because the only thing you can hear is the hum of. Like the, the fluorescent lights? lighting. Yeah. Oh God, it's so unnerving. It's it's very well done. So yeah, she touches Nell, and you don't really find out, you know, because they don't they don't like show they don't, they don't cut away anything, to like a yeah. flashback. They, yeah. She just she just backs away and kind of I think she stumbles. Like, she like collapses. Yeah. 
and the 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 yell that escapes her is Mm -hmm. is, man yeah it's creepy as shit so then yeah i think you're right then she's back in her guest house and that's when she calls the girl from the club over right you know because i think she just needs a distraction yeah Yeah. you know and this poor girl you know it's like it's like (laughs) this like college girl i think we're meant to believe she's like a college student or something yeah and she's just like hey 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 you know like can't we like talk? Can't we just talk? You know, man. isn't that what normal? And right. like, oh man, you poor girl, you have no idea what Bitches you're, be crazy. <laughs> what you're getting. So, and you know, but um, I think Theo recognizes that, like, yeah, this is fair that she feels this way, but like, all right, fuck it. You want to know how my day was? And she's like, you know, I've caught this guy, you know, molesting his eight-year-old foster daughter, and you know, he folded like a cheap suit, and now she's gonna go back into the foster system again, which is a gamble at best. And, um, oh, by the way, my sister died. And so I'm dealing with that, you know, and yeah, it's like, wow. And she almost, I, I made a note that she almost slips up and tells her the truth because she's talking about this little girl and she's like, oh, this poor little girl. And, and I, I, tu- and touched I touched her, her and I couldn't, and I couldn't even, yeah. and she stops herself because she's like, oh shit, I probably shouldn't tell this girl that I have superpowers. <laughs> right. Yeah. But she yeah. almost does. She almost she, acts. She's already clingy, you know? <laughs> Yeah, she is kind of a stage five clinger. <laughs> I mean, can you blame her though? Theo is Theo is. I mean, come on, she's. I was just gonna say hot, but that seems like I, I don't mean to reduce her to just the fact that she's physically attractive. We're just gonna leave you hanging there until you find. Yeah, the, you guys. I'm not uh, getting any help from Molly and Bob. <laughs> she is. She's. She obviously is gorgeous, but I mean, as a character, she's a PhD. I mean, like, well, yeah, she's, she's fucking smart, amazing. She's yeah, and she's clearly handling all of this. Uh, I don't even know how to say what I, I don't know how nope, to articulate. No, I'm not. No, it, I'm not like, helping you. You didn't no, help me, like, so I'm know, not going to help you. From the other two siblings' perspectives that we've seen so far, Theo seems um, almost not aloof, but like unwilling to indulge in any of that bullshit from the house. Mm-hmm. But now we see like, oh, she knows it all, probably more intimately than any of them. Yeah. Um so far so maybe that's the reason why she's even she's more in denial just, than the rest of she's just so it. guarded yeah 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 because she's got those brick walls up right exactly and i think she makes a reference too when she's having this confessional with with the girlfriend um that she says yeah i touched this little girl and i couldn't i couldn't feel anything and it's almost like nell or something like that and it, it made me wonder at the time like is is was that a thing, like that she couldn't read Nell either? Like that no, there was... I think you need to go back then and watch that again because she says something about because she touched Nell, mm-hmm. and no, I think she was comparing two different things. Oh, but okay. now I'm curious and I need to go back. But anyway, I mean, it would, I it makes me assume that she knows more about what's happening to her family and um, in you know regards to the house than anyone because she you know earlier in the episode she did in the flashback we learned she touched her mother and remember her mom like turned all like she saw her mom like dead dead yeah and it freaked her out as a child and after that she got the gloves and yada 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 but like then she touched Nell so she clearly knows what's going on there and you know she's touched shit around the house because she touched that bed and was like this was a sick bed She's, you know. She's well, yeah. No I mean, more. before she got the gloves, she touches everything all the time. Like, how could you not? Right. You know, that's just. And, oh, and at the end, when she's with the girlfriend, they do that one final flashback of her in the house when her, that last when night. When she grabs the dad's arm. Yeah, yeah. Or the dad grabs hers. And right. she sees everything. Some so, shit. Yeah. And it's interesting because yeah. you're right. When she touches the mom, um, and I hadn't put that in my notes, but I, I ought to have. Because when she touches the mom, she she is essentially seeing into the future, right? Because we know yeah. that like they've, they've mentioned several times in the show already that the mom killed herself. I think we all know there's more to it than that. Right. But like, we know the mom's going to die. Um, we've seen clips of her funeral, you know, cause in the Shirley episode, we see Shirley sure. at her mom's funeral. Um, and it makes me think, well, it seems like most of the touching experiences that she has, it's like, she's seeing the history of an object, but this is an instance where she touches her mom and she's seeing into so the future. So then maybe it is more clairvoyance than it is psychic ability. Because isn't psy- psychic uh, projection of the future? I don't know. 
I don't. I. Th- I'm not really sure. What do you think, uh, Bevan? Is that does that sound less aggressive if I just say like? It sounds less no, aggressive, aggressive when you don't like glottal attack the bee every <laughs> time. What do you think? Um. I I thought uh, Theo's powers were uh, not well defined at all. Right. Because you know, they just seemed like all over the place. You know, with the with the wine bottle in the box. That's. It's not like you're touching a person's feelings or whatever. Right, it's a wine bottle. That's, it's an inanimate object. Yeah. True. I just thought she had a, like a, you know, catch-all generic powers for whatever the writers needed for this episode. Right. Yeah, it does It does seem very inconsistent because um, we see, yeah, we see times where she sees the past. We see times where she sees the future. Um, to your point, she's just touching random antiquities and like <laughs> knowing like the year and the year and the vintage of this vino. I, I this may be the the writer in me. I do see these things like that I, I didn't see before I, I was actually writing. Sure. Like uh, sure. you mentioned the uh, the mom's funeral. I thought that was yeah you know, a generic spot in there was uh when the the funeral director said, oh, come on, you can you can go look at your mom. It's fine. And then she was like, okay. You fixed you know, her. Yay. Then, yeah. Now I'm going to be a funeral director. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, we literally just talked about this mere yeah. hours ago. Oh, yeah? yeah. I did think it was a great performance from this guy. It was only like a, you know, like a two-minute role, but he was very, very good. Funeral directory. Funeral director number two, yeah. whatever, how he'd be listed on his IMDb. It's going to be like the height of his career. Yeah. But no, those are fair points. And, you know, and we've tried, I mean, I, you know that even with your books, you know, I'm, I'm about as big a fan of your books as I feel like it gets. But I try to always take, a, take time to be like, look, nothing is perfect, you know. So I try to be objective. Um, and you're right. Like there are, there are problems with this show. Um, it's hard to make a show this complex where everything is going to, you know, fit together. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Fuck, I couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it is, it's an impressive accomplishment, but I try to, I try to make it a point to take times to be like, look, I'm not just going to like unabashedly praise everything about it. Um, I am. <laughs> that's fine. I D G A F. U U D G A F. That's right. All right. You heard it here. Well, I'm with, I'm with Bevan on this one. <laughs> Because I think I think that I honestly I don't really love the whole powers thing in general. Like, never mind that it's very um, ill-defined. It, it doesn't really seem like any of the rest of them have anything like this, or at least that we've. Yeah. Well, was that something you know that she was born with, or was that something from the house? Well, I think that the mom, because there is the conversation in this episode with the mom, oh, yeah. where she's like, you know, I've I've had stuff like that happen. All right. Your, yeah. your grandma had stuff like that happen, and like. The mom describes, like, Shirley is sensitive to, like, sometimes Shirley will say things in her sleep, um, and that Nell sometimes will make weird observations, but I'm like, those aren't powers, like, not not to the degree that Theo has. I mean, like, Theo can literally touch anything she wants and basically be completely, she's like the the three-eyed raven, for Christ's sake. See, that's, uh, that bothers me a little bit, because this this show is supposed to be about the house, and then... Yeah, bringing in a family history of psychic ability, that just adds a... Yeah. Like, what a coincidence, um, you know? Like, unless we're meant to believe that it was preordained, you know, like that this family was kind of always meant to be, uh, you know, affiliated with this house. But that's kind of what I thought, too, um, that I was like, what are the odds? Like, this family where there's just like this maternal lineage of, of clairvoyancy... And they just happen to be the people who buy this haunted house. They were drawn to it. Maybe. By some supernatural force. Molly, you haunted house apologist. Listen, <laughs> guys. They were pretty clear what they were drawn to it for. <laughs> yeah. Because one episode, Dad says, we're going to be rich. Oh, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to make all the money. Oh, man. Hey, money talks. I mean, that's, that is kind of a theme, though. I mean, because really the dad does get sucked into this house very very openly because he wants to flip it and wants to make tons of money and that's kind of a recurring theme with the kids right because um steven writes this book it's very exploitative of his family um but all of the at least all of the the other siblings that we're aware of so far theo took the money kevin took the money well shirley's family got the money right i mean i think we all know fucking luke took the money i mean like you know 
Luke, <laughs> come yeah. on. Like, and you've got to know Nell probably took it. Right, because they're not going to have it be that, like, four out of the five, or, you know, three right, out of the right. five or whatever. Was, um, was Luke offered as big a cut of the money? I don't know. I actually don't Do remember if that Luke was... was present in that scene or he not. He wasn't, I noticed. So he was it, probably in rehab. There were five of them, but the fifth was Kevin. Right. I, I can't see what's-his-face giving Luke any of the money. I would hope not. Yeah, that, it, would, it would just be irresponsible. Unless put, put they it decided escrow. to like use that money for right. his rehab or something. Right, yeah. or to pay his bail yeah. or whatever. Or whatever. I don't know. I think the here's Luke a, episode here's is Here's a hookup for the next two months. <laughs> what's that? So here's a hookup for the next two yeah. months, Luke. Right. Well, we'll have to really pay attention to that in the next episode. That's that's the next episode coming up is Luke. So um, I'll because I honestly don't remember. I don't remember if that's really addressed in his episode. What happened? What becomes of his uh, cut of the money? But um, the Luke episode is a good one, and maybe that's just as good a time to start wrapping up. I think we've covered everything in the Theo episode. Um, does anyone else have any final thoughts on this episode or or the show so far? Nah, I barely remember it. Right? <laughs> I'm trying to get excited about it. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Bob. Oh, thank you for you know not saying my name as aggressively. <laughs> but well, definitely, but still a little weird. Still, yeah, that's all right. We'll get we'll we'll get past it. We're, we're gonna work on this. We'll go to couples counseling, Bob. Just, just enjoy it. Yeah. Just just let it happen. Just, just let it happen. You know, you'll have to listen to the episode we recorded earlier because we joked about Molly that this was um. That, that episode was her third time being on the show, and we joked about SNL because, um, you know, they always do a little bit when hosts get to the five-timers club. I don't know. if do you watch SNL? Um, I, I watched it when John Goodman was in the five-timers club. Okay, so sure. So you're at least passingly aware that that's like a recurring bit. Yeah. Um, Jonah Hill hosted the show this past weekend, and it was his fifth time. So they, they did a bit about him being in the five-timers club, and Molly and I were talking about when she gets to be a five-timer on the chicken hut, <laughs> that we should get her a jacket. Because that's what they do on SNL. They give them like a, like a lounge jacket. I with want a, a lounge jacket, a CNC lounge jacket. Yeah, Molly wants emblem. a hybrid. She wants a hybrid like CNC. Like a varsity letter emblem. But on the back, she wants it to be like a sports jersey. Yep. I'll, I'll get to work. We on called that. you out, and believe me, we called you out for it in the episode. We were like, "You need to make that happen, okay. Bevan." <laughs> CNC jerseys, get that shit going. I'm gonna I'm gonna wear it every time I'm on the show. I'm gonna smoke a pipe. Oh wow! Nice. Well, hey, um, think of all the all the publicity I'll get when people hear that. <laughs> yeah, you finally made it, Robert Bevan. He finally <laughs> made it because he's a guest on the show. That's about him. <laughs> did 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 you hear that, Jack? <laughs> yeah. Did you wanna? Did you wanna plug anything? Uh, just another donut. Just another. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. Uh, well, hey, thank you again so much for being here. Um, it really means the world that you would take the time um, and that you've been so supportive of the show. It it really it's it's been so wonderful um, getting to know you and, and having you be behind us as we do this. Um, yeah, we'd love to have you on again sometime. Nick's going to be pissed because I did message Nick to see if he wanted to get in on this, but um, he was busy adulting today. Meh. But we'll have you on again. We'll, we'll get you to the Five Timers Club someday. Well, listen, listen. Uh, the donut thing was a joke. I would like to plug my books. and uh, <laughs> Go ahead, please. The floor <laughs> is yours. The, the merch. Some fucking merch. merch. Buy some fucking merch. And uh, there will be new merch available soon. Nice. Uh, um. CNC jerseys, right? No, no, not okay. yet. I'm, uh, Sweatbands. I'll, I'll leave that as a surprise. Keep keep tuning into my my Facebook page nice. and my my merch. Nice. Page um, are you on Twitter? Website. What's your Twitter? I'm kind of on Twitter. I don't use it. I don't like it. Now that you're um, now that you're done spamming people to buy your books. Exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I I used to you know spam with it in the early days, and then. Uh, and then after, I never enjoyed it. Sure, but sure, I, it felt. I just felt don't, I don't like it as a as a. Oh no no no! I just don't. I, I meant Twitter as a platform. Oh well, yeah, I don't either. I've tried yeah, so many times that part, to like get into that it. Felt I icky, just can't. I love it. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh man, I wish I knew how to enjoy it because yeah, people do use it effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah, the same so, same way. Like I, you know, when I when I got on Facebook, when social media was first starting to really take off, I just, I've just always been on Facebook and I fear change. Yeah. So I don't know what else to say. Uh, no, so you guys got to get I do have a Twitter account, but uh, I 
probably won't be on it until Facebook finally kicks me off. For sure, good. sure. Which will, I'm sure, sure as the sun rises, it will happen someday. <laughs> I think we all can agree on that. Um, anything else? Anything else, Mr. Bevan, that you want to plug while you're on the show? Uh, no. Do you have Donald Do you do? have an Instagram? No, my wife keeps bothering me to get that too. Wives, I, I, am I right? <laughs> even worse. Do you have a Snapchat? No, do you want to be Snapchat friends? Molly, why are you being like no. a creepy McCreeperson all the time? You can't even see her, um, Bevan, but she's just got this weird little, like her posture is different. She's like leaning into the mic with this, like, hey. Do you... The bent neck lady. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Her neck is bent. You ruined it. It's ruined. Uh, we were, we were going to share a moment. No, you ruined it. Sorry, guys. Well, here, I tell you what, we'll end the show and you guys can go off air and share whatever <laughs> moment. I mean, Robert All right. Bevan is now officially on Molly's celebrity crush list. So I don't know that I have any. 1010 would smash. It, yeah. Like, I don't know that I'm allowed to object, right? Isn't that how celebrity lists work? That, like, I don't you're know. allowed to do whatever you want despite my marital objections? Is, is, that, is that how it works? Is that a thing? Yes. <laughs> Robert, yes. He did not hesitate. Yep. Yep. That's how it works. Yep. Totally. All right, guys. I think on that note, it is, in fact, closing time at the Chicken Hut. Um, thanks thanks so much for joining us. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. I sure as shit had a lot of fun with it. Um, come back next time. We'll dive into episode four, which is the, the Luke episode. Um, if you don't join us next time, I will be really, really neckbend. I should have made a joke about fucking donuts with my sign off. <laughs> I really I missed an opportunity there. I'll be really, really balls deep in donuts. <laughs> I legitimately may go back and like re-record that to add it. Oh. <laughs>